they they reprimand you for wearing pants. And you're like, I'm a guy. What else am I going to wear? It's a weird. There's weird churches out there. And they're all under the same umbrella name, Church of Christ. And so it's actually a legitimate question to say, well, what, what kind of Church of Christ is it? What does it look like? And one of the, the only answer you can give is, well, come and see. But the, there's all sorts of different churches of Christ. Now, I'm not saying one's bad or one's good. I'm saying one is what you're used to and one isn't what you're used to. One makes you comfortable and if something isn't what you're used to, the other doesn't make you all that, it makes you actually quite uncomfortable. So I don't want us at any point during the next several weeks, during the month of January as I do this study, which you'll find out what that is in a second. As I do this study, I don't want you to ever at any point think, well, I'm glad, sure I'm glad we're the right sort of church of Christ. Because that's a horrible attitude too. But what I want to do is walk through those of you who grew up in the church probably need this, especially those of you who are, are new to this sort of thing. Where did this group come from and what did it stand for when it first started? Now, you will see a lot of Church of Christ out of the front. They'll have a thing that says, Church of Christ established A.D. 33. Um... That's not completely honest. Because this particular group started in um, the late 1700s. It just did. It's, you can trace our history, the history of the churches of Christ, back to the late 1700s. And if you go back there, you'll find something beautiful. The history of the churches of Christ is fantastic. At first. And I want to look at some of the sayings we used during that time that maybe could impact us today and make us maybe help us determine what exactly we mean when we say Church of Christ and why exactly should we do we do the things we do. There's a guy named Thomas Campbell. Thomas Campbell was a minister, a very an extremely well-trained minister, had, um, was, was very versed in Greek, Hebrew, and Latin, New, new English, so you knew that, and that's good. Excellent thinker in the, Pres in the Presbyterian Church. But he wasn't just a member of the pre a preacher at a pres Presbyterian church. He was a preacher at an old life Antiburger Cedar Presbyterian church. Oh. An old life Antiburger Cedar Presbyterian church. Okay, basically, what that means is his church, at one point, there was a, dis dip there's a disagreement between whether or not we could uh, interpret the Westminster Confession. In, in new lights, or we had to keep it just as it is. And they, his church said, no, we got to keep it just as we are. And then they said, well, we do we ever um, 
Do we let the government decide who our preacher is going to be? Or do we decide who our preacher is going to be? And they said, uh, we're going to decide. So we're an old white seceder Presbyterian church. And then there was a discussion whether or not the burger was going to decide who it was going to be. Now, not a cheeseburger, but like the burger who is the, like the mayor. That was what they called the mayor. Who's he going to? No. We are anti-burger. We're seceder. We're old white. And so there were old white seceder Presbyterian churches. There were new white seceder Presbyterian churches. There were new white burger Presbyterian seceder churches. There were um, all the different mixes. And you can have 16 or you can have 12 different Presbyterian churches in your town. And they all thought everybody else was going to hell. For, for the record, that's twice how it's been said, and twice I've laughed over it. I, I want to do a quick plug. You will love the the, the mental uh, the study we're doing tonight. If you haven't thought really hard in a long time, you're going to think really hard tonight. You will sleep well, and if we are going to sprint for you. You will enjoy it. it. It will be worth your time tonight. But they all thought everybody else was the wrong one. Now, most Christian movements are Protestant movements. Now, you've heard that word before, the Protestant churches. So it's basically Catholic or Protestant. Are you Catholic or Protestant? And Protestant means that your movement resulted as a protest against another movement. Get it? Protest and Protestant. So you started your movement because <coughs> this other movement, say the Catholic Church and Martin Luther had some disagreement, maybe 90 of them. And he decided and, and the, that movement pulls away from the Catholic Church. So they're protesting what the Catholic Church is doing. They are a Protestant church. <coughs> Most movements begin like that. So, I'm teaching a Bible class. And there's 40 people in that Bible class. And one person in that Bible class says, you know, the thing Benjamin said, I don't like. So I'm going to start my own Bible class, and we're going to meet over there. And so they all, they go in there, and he takes about 10. So now now there's um, 29 people in his, and in mine, and 11 people in his. I don't know why I made the math so hard. So there is there, there there's there's a split. Now guess what is going to happen in that class now that that's become a habit? As soon as that teacher says something that he doesn't that someone else doesn't like, guess what that person's gonna do? They're gonna start their own class and take some people with them. And they're gonna divide. Protests divide. Our movement is one of the first in history that looked at all of the protests and said, this isn't okay. Instead of protesting, it said, we need to unite. The Church of Christ was originally, and I stress originally, Church of Christ was originally a unity movement. It wasn't a new church. It wasn't trying to... Thomas Campbell never tried, wasn't trying to get out of the Presbyterian Church. He was just trying to get his Presbyterian Church to accept all the other Presbyterian churches as a start. 
from there they got good this, uh, some physicals or some they could they could find unity. And he decided, what if we just focused on Jesus and united around that, and everything else that wasn't all these other little disputes that aren't biblical, that aren't important, they may even be they're not they're not central. We will not argue and we will not divide over them. We had this dream about how that would look. There was another guy at the same time having that a same a similar dream named Barton Stone. There was another guy an ocean away having a similar dream that happened to be Thomas Campbell's son, Alexander. Alexander arrives at the States to fight to, and scared to death to tell his dad what he's been thinking. And he said, I... Here's what I'm thinking. And Thomas Campbell, Thomas, his dad says, uh, I wrote a paper on the same thing. You want to read it? They, they were a unity movement. Let's get all that old line, anti-burgers, the cedar, presbyterian. Let's just be the church. And it reminds me, that whole, that whole thought process reminds me of a, of a passage in Mark Chapter 4. Mark 4. I'm sorry, Mark 9. Mark 9, verse 38. John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name. And we tried to stop it. Because he was not following us. Now notice, they're not like, they're not remorseful of what they've just done. He Guess it. Jesus, guess what I did? Have you ever had a kid come to you, like really excited they've done something, and they have no idea that's not what they should have done? <laughs> Look what I drew on the wall! You are! <laughs> Some of them they really excited about. Nolan, <laughs> at first, had a habit of just putting as much toilet paper as possible into the toilet. Like, and everything, everything he could find, he would throw in the toilet. I don't know where he learned that, Rachel. But then, <laughs> but then, there was, you just put stuff in there, and it, it even look at us like, look what I did. No, John, John comes to Jesus with the same excitement. Hey, Jesus, guess what we did? We saw someone who was casting out demons. In your name, and we stopped him because he's not one of us. We made it. We tried. We tried to stop. We saw it happen. We tried to stop him. He's not following. He's not one of us. And Jesus says, "Don't stop him, for no one who does a deed of power in my name will be able soon afterwards to speak evil of me. Whoever is not against us is for us." So Jesus says, if people are doing good in my name, they can't then turn around and say something bad about me. And in the end, our disagreements with other groups, with, with other traditions, it have nothing to do with whether or not Jesus is the Son of God. But they have everything to do with, well, you don't see that verse the same way I see it. Or you don't see that thing the same way I see it. You don't understand the Bible the same way I do 
And in those moments, guess who we are making the standard? When the standard should be Jesus, it is not us that is the standard. You don't understand the Bible the right way. What do we mean when we say the right way? My way. Thomas Campbell had the humility to recognize this. And he, he eventually had to start a new movement because the Presbyterian Church kicked him out. And then a Baptist coalition kicked him out. And he started this little group and they started saying, okay, well, we're just going to do things like we see in the Bible to the best of our ability. And they started reading the Bible and they said, well, it seems like we need to get baptized. We can't just baptize kids. We've got to baptize adults. And there was a, there was a, a, a meeting where they got together and they were talking about this. And Thomas Campbell said, we, we've got to... We, Infant baptism isn't a thing we need to... All we see in Scripture are adults getting baptized. And someone came down, halfway down the aisle, and got on their knees, and pounded his chest and cried, and said, Bless, far be it from us to ever violate the commandment of, of, of not bringing the children to Jesus. And someone in the back corner said, Henry, that's not what that verse is talking about. It was so anticlimactic. I don't know if his name is Henry, but it's funnier if it is. <laughs> so he, he said, that's not, that's not what that's about. Let's just look at Scripture and let it be what it's about. Yeah, adults get baptized. Every time the Scriptures let adults, oh, okay, adults are going to get baptized. We see them meeting together and taking communion. So we're going to meet together and take communion. So there was, there was these things where we, we're going to try to do the best we can. And whenever we don't succeed, there's great. Now, do you? That may not sound like the Church of Christ you know or grew up with. But that's where it started. There was this wonderful sense of unity. Of we're we're not going to chastise other people because they're not just with us. If they're doing the will of God, they're with us. Remember, growing up, it was kind of nerve wracking. Like you couldn't go help like a another charitable organization if they weren't a Church of Christ organization. I feel like Jesus wants to grab us by the shoulders and say, if they are doing good in my name, they can't turn around and say something bad about them. Whoever is not against us is for us. Because we are for Jesus, not for us. It goes on. Verse 41, for truly I tell you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you bear the name of Christ will by no means lose the reward. See, for Jesus, it was about what they were doing. Have you noticed what it is that has divided us? Not just Church of Christ and Baptist and Methodist and uh, Episcopalian and Catholic. It's not just that. It's the, not, but within the churches of Christ. What is divided just just churches of Christ from church of Christ is what we think. What we think. I, I think I, I think we may be wrong about that. Saying that got me fired one time. What is what has divided us in the church of Christ is false. 
But what Jesus says is you will know they are Christians by their correct doctrine. No, you will know they are Christians by their love. You will know they are Christians by their fruit, what they produce. You will know they are Christians by, by how they live and how they act. And Jesus says, here's how you'll know if someone's for me. If they understand the Trinity properly. No, if they give you a cup of water. A cup of water. Beginning, the Church of Christ looked like this. We sought to be unified with all in the name of Jesus. Now, some of you may say, "Well, that's not what they look like now." Yeah, that's not that's true. That we are we are divided. I don't know if you've ever all heard the old saying, "I'm going to make like a Church of Christ and split." It's funny because it's painful. Hurts, but it's true. Well, I, I think you're wrong. You don't think the right thing, so we split. We. This is a call. This whole series is a call to change our direction away from dividing over intellectual disagreements or biblical misunderstandings. But back toward what we originally wanted. Unity under the name that is above all names. Jesus of Nazareth, the King, the Messiah, the Savior, the Resurrected One. It is, uni it is that unity that Jesus prayed for fervently in the garden. Where he said, I don't pray just for my disciples, but I pray for the ones who they follow. Not that they will be doctrinally correct. No, that they will be unified. <clears throat> this is hard to swallow sometimes because we want to be right. We love being right. We feel right. When other people don't agree with us, they think we're wrong. And I think they're wrong. And this can get real ugly real fast. But when we have those discussions, it seems as though we just push Jesus out of the room and say, Jesus, you go over there, we're going to talk about this. <coughs> but in the very beginning, this movement was about being Christians only, not just the only Christians. In a debate, Envy Hardeman was Accused of actually saying that they were the only Christians. And in 1928 he says, I, I've never been egotistic as to say that my brethren with whom I commune on the first day of the week are the only Christians on this earth. I never said that in my life. I do make the claim that we are Christians only. But there's a vast difference between that expression and the one formerly named. So if someone comes up to Envy Hardeman, who is, you know, Freed Hardeman, the namesake of that universe, comes up to Envy Hardeman and says, y'all think y'all are the only ones who say, I'm 
never said that, and I would never say that in my life. This series, hopefully, will get our minds, if you're not there already, it will just remind us that the Church of Christ, we are going to be a Church of Christ by nature, by our history. We are not going to be a group who people believe that people think we think we're the only Christians. But instead we're going to be Christians only. We're going to be the ones who just say, well, I follow Jesus and, and, and so do you. This isn't about the Deciding who's in and who's out. This isn't about deciding who's right and who's wrong. This isn't about deciding who's correct and who's incorrect. This life is about following Jesus. And a lot of times we get so caught up in the details of following Jesus about who's doing it the right way and who's doing it the wrong way that we lose sight of Jesus altogether. And what I'm hoping we do in 2016 is slowly improve the reputation. You guys have done a great job on the reputation of the Church of Christ. I love the Church of Christ. I do. I grew up in it. It is dear to my heart. But if we ever get back to the place where people think that we're the only Christians, we have failed in our job. Our job, our hope is to just be Christian. To be Christians only. And when people differ from us and disagree with us, we don't start drawing lines and say, well, you're out. And you're out. And you're out. Instead, we say, that's different. And we can even say, I disagree. But we don't need to rush to Jesus all proud and say, Jesus, those people weren't doing the thing. They were trying to do a thing that you commanded us to do, but they don't do things, they don't believe things the way we believe things, and so we stop them. And Jesus says, that's not okay. If they're doing something in the name of Jesus, in my, if they're doing something in my name, don't stop them. They can't do a good thing for me and then say something bad about me in one breath. This is not this is not a call to ease up on what we believe. We believe some things and we believe them passionately. And we there are times where someone says something and I'll think, well, that's wrong. That's incorrect. I don't think that's a proper understanding of that particular passage. I think you lifted it out of context. That's not then permission. That, that thought does not give me permission to start saying, well, since you're wrong and I'm right, I must be saved and you must be condemned. Because what that will do over the long run is build up in you a hatred for all the people you think are wrong. And slowly that box, those lines you draw, will get smaller and smaller. And you'll think, well, that person on that side of the congregation doesn't really necessarily believe the right thing. So I don't even know if they're one of us, but at least they come to this place. And that happens. You'll see it in, in, um, in churches sometimes where they'll say, well, that person comes every Sunday morning. They don't really 
come every Sunday night questioning their beliefs. They don't attend church like I attend church. They don't do this like I do this. And the standard now is me. If you want to be the only Christian, you're going to have to make the standard you. If you want to be a Christian only, you're going to have to make the standard Jesus. Follow that resurrected King wherever lead. Some of you may not know that this is where we started. May think we started in a very sectarian way. We decided that some people were out and some people were in. You may have thought this is what it's been all along, but this is not the case. We were a unity movement. Try to trim the fact off of congregational disputes and get straight to Jesus and say, can't we all acknowledge that Jesus is Lord and love each other because of it? This church can do that. The church does that. But notice, I want you to notice in your life. Other churches do this. This is the only church that does it. Again, we're not the, we're not the best. We're not the worst. <clears throat> but to think you're the only Christian, you will be the standard that everyone else has to live up to. And the longer you think that, the fewer and fewer people are going to live up to that standard. And the longer you think that, the more alone you will feel. And if you think that, I guarantee you on your deathbed, you will be scared to death. But maybe you did the wrong thing, or maybe you had the wrong thought, or maybe you understood something incorrectly, or maybe God won't show you His grace. But His grace is amazing. If we follow Jesus, just follow, strip all that other stuff away. We're, we're, let's get back to that because that's hard enough. If we follow Jesus, what we find is a love for people who are different from us. A love for people we think might be incorrect. And a unity with people that we never thought we'd be united with. Maybe you're all these things to say, well, where do we draw the line? It's a good thing that you're not lying to You're not in charge of drawing the line. You're in charge of loving. You're in charge of following. And God draws the line. When lines need to be drawn. We have been very busy sometimes drawing lines and not all that busy loving. <coughs> if we are to be Christians only, we're going to have to occupy our time loving people. Because that's what Jesus called us to do. Un unafraid to be hurt. Vulnerable sort of love. going to have to take up our time. This movement began unified. Not just with each other, 
but with hopes to unify the destiny, who called on the name of Jesus as Lord. Now, some things complicated that, and we'll get into that in the next several weeks, but as you look around this week, stop seeing the differences. Because the differences are a standard that you have created. Start seeing what unites us. Jesus of Nazareth. The story during World War II where y'all probably heard the story there's a song written about it where the fighting stopped and they celebrated Christmas together. Both sides. Um, this didn't happen in one particular place. It happened all in several different places. What made them stop was not doctrine. What made them stop was not a set of beliefs, a set of standards. What made them stop was not a religious practice or a church name. What made them stop was a king who came to earth, on the cross, was resurrected. Made them stop and not for just a second with Jesus. It's my prayer, and it'll take a long time. It's my prayer that people in 60 years, 150 years, will say, Oh, Church of Christ, y'all are the ones that seek unity. And love first. That's a good reputation to have. That's a good thing for people to say about you. Maybe you've been judging everybody else. Maybe you've been making yourself the own, your own standard. You need to repent. Maybe you're the standard and you need to repent of that. You need to change your mind about that. That's imperative. Maybe you want to join this church and you want to say, I want to be a part of a unity movement because that's what we are. That's what we've decided to be. Maybe you've never even experienced this King Jesus. You've been a lot of things. You've been an addict. You've been a saint. You've been, a, you've been unfaithful. You've been untrue. And you want to follow this Jesus and be a Christian only. Day is the day. Deciding to follow Jesus today would be better than any resolution you can make throughout the rest of the year. You will have achieved the highest goal here on January 3rd. Don't cut kids call you. You're killing them. I don't know if that's what they say. You'd be doing great. It'd be worth your time. <coughs> Notice again, this isn't a call to say, well, we all, let's just, no matter what anybody thinks, we won't even have, let's have discussions, let's have disagreements, let's have arguments, let's have um, debates if that's necessary. My goodness. Before we do any of that, let's go to the empty tomb and put our arm around each other and say he is king. 
then we can have those conversations. We probably can have them more lovingly than we've had them ever before. And they may actually produce more fruit than they've ever produced. Stop making ourselves the same. Start following Jesus. But stop being the only Christians. Let's start being Christians only.